What's up, fam? And welcome back to another episode of the Handmaiden Podcast. I am your host, Naima, and thank you for stopping by the channel and the podcast today. If you're coming from YouTube, thank you for stopping through the YouTube channel. If you're coming through through the podcast, thank you all for stopping by today. So I want to talk a little bit about the placebo effect. Um, There's some interesting research that has gone on with the placebo. Um, We've talked about it on the channel, but I want to go a little bit deeper in it today and tie it back into um, the power of the mind and how we think. Like I always say on the channel, we are so fearfully and wonderfully made. So let's get in. Let's recap. Let's talk about the law of resonance just a little bit. We've talked about this um, on the previous um, episode, I think it was episode six, the one before the interview with Tony um, Jones. If you didn't check out that um, podcast, check out the interview with Miss Tony Jones, an affirmation artist. So anyway, let's go right on to this, um, the topic for today. So first, let's look at the law of resonance. It's we attract what we are and we resonate with what we are because we've gone in depth with the Schumann resonance. And then we discuss what the law of resonance is, right? So we attract what we are and we resonate with what we are. So in terms of the Schumann resonance, it's not merely an important phenomenon caused by lightning in the atmosphere, but it's very significant electromagnetic standing wave acting as the background frequency and influencing biological oscillators within the brain, right? Okay, so let's jump in. The power of positive thinking. And in Philippians 4, 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Um, You know, when you dig a little bit into the Bible, you see that everything that there was put in there um, was to protect us. It was to protect your mind, right? And there's a reason why they're saying, hey, be positive, Think on the positive things. And what we're going to do today, we're going to take a look at that. We're going to explain scientifically why the Bible said some of these things that they said about our mind and how we think, right? So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, another name for the Holy Spirit, which the scientific name would be called energy, okay? In Isaiah 45, 7, it says, I formed the light. And I create darkness. I make peace and create evil. Right? And I and I explained in like I think it was the when we talked about duality um, in Gemini video podcast that we've been using the power unconsciously. We've been using the most high unconsciously right and we explained we went in depth into that in that video so you can go back and check that video out so let's get into the thoughts our thoughts are energy when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none then he saith i'll return into my house from whence i come out 
and when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then he goeth, then goeth he, taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. So, you know, when we hear these stories, a lot of times we get focused on our actions, right? Well, if I do this, then when, you know, if this spirit comes back looking, if I, you know, if I'm still doing this, then, um, you know, it's going to bring back more. But guys, it's not even just talking about that. Let's go a little deeper. It's talking about your thoughts as well. Because see, thoughts go out their energy. We receive and we, we send out, right? So when you have a negative thought and it goes out, it goes through the grid because it's energy. It's a spirit. It goes through the grid and it's going to find others who have that same thought process, right? Now, let's say you change your mindset and you no longer think that way. Just with the law of karma, and karma just means um, action, right? which you sow, you reap. So just with that law in place, if that energy comes back and you are still in the same mindset of negativity, then guess what? It's going to come back with more force to you. But if you change your mindset, when it comes back, like the Bible says, it'll look around. And if, if there's nothing there, your house is swept, it's clean, it will leave. Okay? So our thoughts are very important. Energy cannot be destroyed. So that means even though you have a negative thought and you apologize for it, it's still gone out through the grid of this world. And anyone else who is in that same mindset connects with it. And that same energy, if you do not change your mindset, you bring it back to you. Okay? This is how we attract certain things into our lives. We really have to sit down and study the science of these things sometimes. It's very powerful. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are the human Wi-Fi system. And I said this before in previous videos that the way they made the computer systems, all these things, they modeled it after the human body. We are the most advanced technology. But we don't even really understand our own selves. So, if thought is energy, then how powerful are the human minds and what are we truly capable of accomplishing? Transmission of energies. A thought is an energy that can be transmitted and received throughout the Earth's grid. I just spoke about that. So, we're all receptors and transmitters of energy, including animals and plants. Okay? So even the animals and plants, they pick up energy as well, right? Okay. And I think animals, like, really, they, they know when something is off in someone. All right. So let's get into the placebo because we've given the background information. Let's get into the placebo. So a harmless pill, medicine, or procedure uh, prescribed by more for the psychological benefit to the patient than for any psychological effect. So it's like a pill they give patients. It's really like a water pill. And they tell them, hey, this pill's gonna be able to do this for you, but it actually does not do 
it actually has no medicine in it but the person just off believing that it has something in it that will help them they instantly get better okay so you are the placebo so one of the doctors that i've you know been researching lately his name is dr joe dispensa he suggests in his book you are the placebo that is possible to heal by thought alone without drugs or surgery now if you are dependent on the medical system and, and you know i'm not knocking anyone because most of us that's all we know we grew up on that right but the research is saying something different right it says he shares numerous documented cases of those who re reverse cancer heart disease depression arthritis and even tremors of parkinson disease by believing in placebo he also discusses how others um, have gotten sick and even died victims of a hex voodoo curse and, and you know basically he's just saying that belief can be such a strong pharmaceutical um company and you can use random studies they use random studies to exclude the power of the mind over the body when evaluating new drugs and a lot of times when they when they want to try new drugs or if they trying to placebo they'll ask you they'll put out a thing saying you know we want volunteers but it's medical research and, and and that's a lot of times what they're doing they're not only are they testing the drug on you but a lot of times they're using placebos as well so believe the definition for believe is to accept something is true you feel sure of the truth of it when jesus heard heard it he answered him saying fear not believe only and ye shall be made whole so a lot of his healings that was one of the things he said believe the next one receive your sight and then jesus replied your faith has healed you right that's in luke 18 42 and then in matthew 9 21 he said for he said within himself if i may but touch his garment i shall be made whole so in healing right there's some things that have to come in play belief and faith right belief and faith let's take a um some look i wanted to show you guys some cases right um where the placebo worked so case one i'm not going to use any names but they had a salesman he had difficulty swallowing diet and he was diagnosed with esophageal cancer he had surgery to remove the cancer tissue on the esophagus in the stomach where the cancer has spread now after the surgery doctors noted the cancer spread through the liver the entire left lobe and he was told he only had a few months to live so he and his second wife moved closer to his family right so they could take care of him all right so just to give you some background he was married to who he thought to who he said was his soulmate and she died this was his first wife and within six months of her death um while he was still grieving and in deep depression he was diagnosed with cancer all right so he was in deep depression after her after the first wife's death and he was diagnosed with cancer so during this time he met his second wife who agreed to help take care of him you know doing this during his final days now when they did the autopsy after he died they did autopsy on him and they found that his liver was in fact not filled with cancer 
he had only um very tiny modular cancer in his left lobe and another very um and another very small spot on his lung but the cancer wasn't big enough to kill him the area around the esophagus was totally free of disease um the abnormal liver scan taken at the hospital had given a false positive re result <laughs> so initially when he went to the doctor and he was diagnosed after his first wife died and they said he had the um, esophageal cancer basically what they're saying now here in the autopsy that that was a false report and the little bit of cancer that he had it, it could he you know he, it could have been treated and he would not have died right so the question is what killed him right because the autopsy proved that hey this cancer wasn't even enough to kill him so what was what happened here so basically we will come up with the conclusion that he died quite simply because everybody in his immediate environment thought he was dying and most importantly he thought he was dying it is possible that thought is just that powerful that's what I keep saying, you guys. Everyone in his immediate circle felt like, hey, he's going to die. Remember, like we're, re we're receiving and we're giving off. So everyone thought he was going to die. And then he even thought that. And guess what? He died. And when the autopsy showed up later, there was no reason for him to have died. <laughs> That's just how powerful the mind is. This is why I keep talking about how we have to renew our minds. Let's look at another case. Oh, I love this stuff, you guys. Jane, she was a 46-year-old, suffered with depression since she was a teenager. Um, she, UCLA Neuro um, Psychiatric Institute was looking for volunteer subjects for a drug trial to set new antidepressant. So they hooked her up to a EEG, right, to monitor and record her brainwave activity. I mean, technology is so advanced, you guys. She was given a ball of pills. She knew that half the group would be getting the actual medication. So it was a study, like a, a group that came in. So she knew half of the group was going to get the real medicine. But the other half was going to get the placebo, right? Now, it didn't matter to her. She was just excited and hopeful that the eight-week program was going to be successful. So she started to feel better and just knew she had given the medicate she was given the real medication not the placebo because she started feeling better. During the 8 weeks time she was feeling a lot better. So at the end of the 8 weeks she was given another brain scan and was told she was given the placebo. So remember now she had this depression from when she was a teenager. She goes to this institute they only give her, they give her an actual placebo, but she thinks she's getting the real medication. And guess what happens? Just at the thought of being cured, she's cured. But it was the thought that healed her because the medication that she received was the placebo. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Y'all, I'm going somewhere with this. The power of the mind. Now, how is it that a sugar pill 
could not only lift the symptoms of deep-seated depression and cause a bona fide and cause bona fide side effects as nausea because that was one of the things that um she said she was feeling when she was taking the medication she said she was um throwing up and all those things but it was a placebo so how did you have those symptoms can the subjective mind really create those kinds of measurable objective psychological changes now when they talk about the subjective mind guys they are talking about your subconscious mind this is the mind that holds everything this is the mind that you would equate to um the the soul's book of remembrance because everything is stored in your subconscious mind See, when you're reading the Bible, a lot of times we read it from the physical aspect. When we read about the books of remembrance, yes, there are books that have a lot of information, but your soul is an actual book of remembrance. And this is what's going to be cracked open to see everything that happened in your life. <laughs> so what's going on in the mind and in the body that would allow a placebo to so perfectly mimic a real drug in this way and could this also heal diseases and you guys this is some research that they've been doing this is not even a new thing right but see Christ when he healed he said do you believe you gotta have faith <laughs> case three there was a study done in Japan with a group of children who were all extremely allergic to poison ivy. So researchers rubbed one form, um, researchers rubbed one forearm of each child with poison ivy leaf, but told them the leaf was harmless. Then they rubbed the child's other arm with a harmless leaf, but told the child it was poison ivy. So all the children developed a rash on the arm rubbed with the harmless leaf. <laughs> now, because they told them that that was the one that was the poison ivy, but this was actually the leaf that had no poison ivy. But just because they told them it was poison ivy, those kids' arms broke out in a rash. Oh, I'm going somewhere with this. I am going somewhere with this. If you understand exactly where I'm going with this, comment down below if you're on YouTube and tell me where I'm going now <laughs> 11 of the 13 children developed a rat developed no rash at all where the poison ivy leaf had been actually rubbed so all these kids who now were severely allergic to poison ivy they take a leaf that is full of poison ivy rub it on their arm and tell them oh this does not have any poison ivy and these kids don't work out 11 out of 13 of them don't work out come on how could children highly allergic to poison ivy not get a rash when exposed to it and how could they get a rash from a leaf that didn't have poison ivy in both cases it seems as though the children's bodies instantaneously responded to a new mock to a new mind <laughs> they were freed from the future of expectation of a physical reaction to the toxic leaf based on their past experiences of being allergic 
right? So because, you know, they had allergic reaction before, you know, in their life, they just automatically were programmed that now, hey, if I rub this on you and you tell me it's, 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 it's um, poison ivy, I'm going to have poison ivy. See how your mind goes? <laughs> ah, simply by changing a thought, they were able to alter their psychology. Do you see this? <laughs> when I keep telling everyone that our truest nature is our divine nature, which is kindness, which is love. But when we came into matter, that changed. When we came into this physical realm, when we came into this body, we produced a carnal mind. Thought in the form of expectation could have a greater effect on the body than the real physical environment. So the thought, your environment really doesn't have anything to do with it. It, it, Research is showing you it's your thoughts. So if your environment is saying one thing, hey, this is poison ivy, guess what? It's poison ivy. But if it says it's not poison ivy, it's not poison ivy. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Right? So this is a promise that was made to us by the Most High. But there's still some of us who feel like, oh, we're going to go through oppression even further we're going to go through tribulation we're going to go through all of this but he says i know the thoughts that i think towards you if you are in tune with me you understand who you truly are your true divinity your higher self the thoughts that i have of you are peace and not evil and to give you an expected end But if someone is telling you, hey, this is going to happen. You're going to be destroyed. You're going to this. You are cursed. You're a sinner. What is that doing to your mind? See, when we were created, our truest nature is not a sinner. It's divine. But in this reality, it's an ego mind. (laughs) faith is so important hebrews 11 1 now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen that's how christ did his healing those people had to believe case four now we're going to get into the power of suggestion a study from the 60s looked at people with asthma Now, researchers gave 40 asthma patients inhalers containing nothing but waterproof vapor. They told the subjects that the inhalers contained allergen or irritant. 19 of them experienced asthmatic symptoms, such as restriction of their airways, with 12 of the groups suffering from full-blown asthmatic attacks. Now, researchers then gave the subjects inhalers that said to contain medicine that will relieve the symptoms and their airways did open back up, although the inhalers contain nothing but water vapors. 
Now, these are asthmatic people, right? But they believe that what they gave them was medication, but it was nothing but water. Now, the patients were responding to suggestion alone. The thought was planted in their mind by the researchers, which played out exactly as they expected. Hmm. We could just pause here and just let everybody just think. The power of suggestion. The power of suggestion can affect your mind. It was so strong that these asthmatic patients, right, suffered with asthma for years, were healed because they thought it was medicine. Whoa. Are we more susceptible to catching the flu because all winter long, everywhere we look, we see articles around about flu season, um, you need to go get your flu shots. All of which reminds us that if we don't get a flu shot, we will get sick. This is, honestly guys, this is what I call casting spells. This is, to me, this is casting spells. You know, we think of when someone is casting spells, we think of it's just with somebody sitting somewhere in all black with a witch, you know, head, witch hat and all these things. No, no, no. The power of suggestion, because even if you don't know how your mind works, there are powers in place that do know how your mind works. This is why when, you know, Christ said we have the renewing of the mind, you guys, we have to know what's going on with ourselves. We have to know the mind. Case five, beliefs and perceptions. Beliefs and, and perceptions affect scores of standardized, te standardized test performance. So here we're getting into the school system, right? Now, stereotype threats. Now, this is groups that have been negatively stereotyped perform less when they think that their scores will be evaluated in light of the stereotype than they do when they feel no pressure. So if they know that you're already stereotyping them, and, and, and you guys as parents, you're listening to this, I want you to think about your kids now. If your kids know that they're being stereotyped, when they take this standardized test, right, they will score lower versus if they just take a regular test where there's no pressure, right? Do you hear me? African-American students historically score lower than whites on vocabulary reading and math tests, including the, ACT, the SAT. Now, this is something that's always told to the kids. Oh, African-Americans score lower. Remember what I've been showing you guys about the power of suggestion. See? <laughs> oh, you're cursed. You're a cursed people. You are a minority. You're not beautiful. You're not smart. You're not intelligent. See what I'm saying? Priming is when someone, someplace, or something in our environment, like taking a test, triggers all sorts of associations that are hardwired into our brains. 
People grading the test think that black students score lower than whites, causing them to act in certain ways, not scoring highly. See, so even the people who's grading the test, if you tell them black score lower, even in their grading, they're grading a certain way as well because these are the people, these kids have writing parts of that test that someone has to grade. Now, the multiple choice, that's done through a scanner. But the writing component, see? <laughs> and they know exactly if the child, they know the ethnic, um, you know the child's ethnicity because on the test, um, it's on there. See? When taking the test, you're stirring up all those related thought behaviors or emotions, and you produce exactly what was waiting to emerge from the systems all along. See, when they put all these slavery movies out, you guys, you're watching and think, oh, you could just watch these things, but it's going to your subconscious, and it's being stored. See? And then when you someone else comes down and says, all blacks score lower, they take a test, their mind is going back to that movie. This is just an example. And it triggers like the racism that they've experienced in this earth or whatever trauma that they've gone through that's associated with that. This is deep. This is deep. Let's look at voodoo. Right? So a 60-year-old man who spent four months getting sicker and sicker, he lost 50 pounds and he refused to eat vomited whatever was given to him by feeding tube. Now, the doctor thought he had cancer or TB, but repeated x-rays came up that it was negative. He didn't have anything. So they're trying to figure out why is he not eating? Why is he losing so much weight? So the wife secretly told the doctor that her husband had been voodooed. Now, he lived in a community where voodoo was common. It was a common practice. Um, he had an argument with the local voodoo priest, and the priest threw a threw a liquid in the man's face and told him that he would die. Right? So the priest told the man that he would soon die and no one could save him. The man was convinced his days were numbered. <laughs> the doctor came up and or on on. He, the doctor came up with an unorthodox plan for treating the man. Because remember, the wife told him what was going on. So he said that on the previous night, he had gone to the cemetery. This is what he told the family and the man, right? The doctor. He said where well, he tricked the voodoo priest into meeting him and made him tell him what he did to the man. And the doctor said that he pinned the priest to the tree and choked him and made him tell him, you know, just exactly what he did. And the doctor told the family... The priest told him he rubbed lizard eggs onto the man's skin and the eggs had their way, made their way into the man's stomach where they hatched. <laughs> the doctor said that he had to remove the lizards from the man's body. So, because remember his whole thing is that he wouldn't eat because he thought he was going to die. And so the doctor took a syringe and ejected the man. It was nothing that he, you know, injected him with. Not long after, the man began began vomiting, and shortly after, the man started feeling well and even started eating. See? See? 
See the power of the mind? And if you believe something, if you believe something, if someone is going around telling you oppression, 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 guess what? That's going, you're going to bring that oppression to you. And a lot of times I'm going to tell you guys that the law of resonance, which says that you attract what you are. When you look at some of these churches, these groups or whatever, it's not that they're being drawn in by God or the most high. They're being drawn in by their energies. If you can go and you, you guys, you don't have to listen to me. Take a poll. If you're in a group or church or what your social groups or whatever, look at the things that you guys have in common. It's particularly the, the negative things. If it's good things, then that draws you also. If it's negative things, hey, you can go to some places and everybody was a crackhead. And they're trying to come to the church to get healing, right? They're trying to stop. And a lot of times, some of them can't stop. They don't know why they can't stop doing some of the things that they're doing, right? And they're thinking that this is going to change them. See, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Our bodies are indeed capable of creating a host of biological chemicals that can heal, protect us from pain, help us sleep deeply, enhance our immune systems, make us feel pleasure, and even encourage us to fall in love. I can give you guys a personal example. My stepfather, um, just last week, he had like a bad um, chest cold and he went to the doctor and they prescribed three medications. So one of them they prescribed was ibuprofen, right? So he went to the pharmacist. The pharmacist mixed up the medications and only gave him the ibuprofen, right? Which the ibuprofen was not even for the, the chest cold. It was for like a back pain he was having. So he started, he came home. He had already been taking ibuprofen. He just needed more, right? So he came home and he noticed that the coughing, you know, over a couple of days, he noticed that the coughing, you know, it subsided, right? But what he didn't realize is, because when the doctor wrote out the medication, it was supposed to be three. But when he got there, he only got the ibuprofen. But he didn't realize that he was supposed to have three medications. So it was only when he went for a follow-up and the doctor realized, like, hey, so how did these medications work? He's like, well, what medications? Um, she was like, oh, the one of these other two that I gave you. He was like, I never received them. And so I said to him at that moment, do you realize that it was just because the doctor said that you would feel better because you're going to take these medications that that's why you got better? Because you, you weren't even taking anything. But it's just at that thought. See how dependent we are on their system? Right? Because no one is really teaching us the power of our minds. The power of the divine mind that's in us, that is working and breathing behind the scenes, that's getting your heart rate pumping each day. 
Repeated thoughts. When we think thoughts, neurotransmitters at one branch of the neuron tree cross the synaptic gap. The the neurons fires with an electrical bolt of information. This is all going on in your body. When we continue thinking the same thoughts, the neuron keeps firing the same ways, strengthening the relationship between the two cells so they can more readily convey a signal to the next time um, those neurons fire. So if you can always do the same thing, you always think the same way. If you're always thinking negative, you've trained your brain to kick out neurons that same way. So it's just going to keep that same thing going. This is all energy, by the way. That's why I said we receive and we transmit also. Now the process. When jungles of neuron fire in unison to support a new thought, an additional chemical, which is a protein, we talked about trap proteins on this channel before, is created within the nerve cell and make its way to the cell center or nucleus where it lands in the DNA. This is all because of a new thought, guys. The protein switches on several genes. Now, the job of the genes is to make protein that maintain both the structure and the function of the body. The nerve cell then quickly makes a new protein to create new branches between nerve cells. Even if you can't grasp what I'm saying, I'm showing you the process that's happening in your body when you have a new thought okay this renewing of the mind is so deep neurological change when we repeat a thought or an experience enough times our brain cells make not only stronger connects between each other which affect our physiological function physiological meaning like how you move, the things you do, your, your physical, right? But also a greater number of total connections which affect in the physical structure of the body. The brain becomes more enriched microscopically. So as soon as you think a new thought, you become changed neurologically, chemically, and genetically. Do y'all hear that? When you have a new thought... You not only change, um, you change neurologically, chemically, and genetically. This is the renewing of the mind. By thought alone, you can activate new genes. This is why I created that journal, How to Identify Our Thoughts. How to Identify Our Distorted or Our Negative Thoughts. Because when you change the way you think you're doing things internally at a cellular level in your body we will experience discomfort during this change right and this is actually the biological neurological chemical and even genetic death of the old self let me say that again when change is happening So when you're starting to change your mind, what happens is you feel discomfort. You might feel mood swings. Your body might start reacting. You might have like some depressions. 
But this is because, and this is science, it's telling you that it's actually the biological, neurological, chemical, and even genetic death of the old self. The discomfort we feel is the dismantling of old attitudes, beliefs, and perceptions that have been repeatedly echoed into our cerebral architecture. Do y'all hear that? <laughs> this is how you become. You tune back in and you come become that new man. By renewing your mind. When you renew your mind, you set a course for your body. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. That's 2 Corinthians. Out with the old. If we can reason that the cravings we battle in the midst of change... Are, re- are their real withdrawals from the chemical emotional addictions of the body we can ride it out so it's almost like you know like if you're an alcoholic and you're coming off of alcohol and your body goes through the withdrawal you know we see it on tv how those people go through all those changes the sweats and everything this is similar to what your body is going through internally when you change your mind that's why a lot of people get stuck stuck right here because they start getting depressed and they're like, oh, it's not working. You know, this, all these things are happening, but no, what's happening, things that you can't see what's happening is that your body internally is changing. Your mind, your brain is reformatting itself. You're being reprogrammed because you are technology. You're the most advanced technology. If we can comprehend that real biological variations are occurring from subconscious habits, <laughs> that subconscious is serious, and behaviors in which our bodies are changing on a cellular level, we can forge on. We are modifying our genes from this life. Some people call this the dark night of the soul. And if any of you have ever experienced that, when you're changing your mind, you're renewing your mind, you do go through agony. Because those old things have to fade away. And they don't go without a fight. It's almost like a gang. They holding on. You have been told you have the victory. It's the phoenix itself it's the phoenix igniting itself and burning to ashes the old self has to die for a new one to be born you you want to the, the and the rebirth is your truest nature who you really were is getting moving out of the carnal mind or getting into a mindset because one as long as we're in this physical body we always have that tug of war. Right? This is uncomfortable because most of us have been conditioned to run from the unknown. But now we have to learn to become more comfortable in the void of the unknown instead of fearing it. See, if any man, if I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith 
of the Son of God who loved me. That's Galatians 2.20. This is the renewing of the mind. There's so much research out here. And if you grab that book that I said at the beginning um, by Dr. Joe Espinanza, he has the brain wave. He has pictures of the brain waves. They even show you how meditation, you know, focusing your mind. I'm not asking anyone to empty their mind, but focusing your mind. Because a lot of people can't even focus their mind. People, A lot of people can't even sit still for a minute to focus their mind and retrain their brain. Ezekiel 36, 26 through 20. A new heart also will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statues, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will also save you from all your uncleanliness. That's a promise. That is a promise. We don't need to fear the future. Fear, you guys, is a carnal thing. Because your divine self has no fear. Your divine self has no limitations. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field, that ye shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. He said right here, for his, for, if you identify as someone who is um, in line with the Lord, he says, no famine among, you will receive no, you have no more reproach of famine among the heathen <laughs> thank you all for stopping by the channel thank you all for tuning in from the podcast channel check out our website restore peace and harmony thank you all and shalom